It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm James Erpine. Great to be with you on a Friday. We'll preview tonight's Cardinals-Reds matchup. Why it's so important in a minute. Also, Chad Dotson, RedLakeNation.com coming up in just a second. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Also, every podcast posted at LockedOnReds.com. Tonight is an important night for the Reds, not because they're looking for their 42nd win, not because they're trying to make this road trip a winning road trip. No, 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 no. Tonight's important because Matt Harvey is on the mound. And Matt Harvey's going up against Carlos Martinez, who's one of the better pitchers, better starting pitchers in the game today. So how does Matt Harvey fare? How will he do? Will he deal? Will he shut down the Cardinals? If so... That could be a huge boost. That could give a huge boost to a Reds team that is most and more likely, more and more and more and more likely to trade Matt Harvey. And when they do trade Matt Harvey, Reds general manager Nick Kroll told Bobby Nightingale of the Cincinnati Enquirer that Homer Bailey's going to return to the rotation, that Homer Bailey's the guy, that Homer Bailey's going to be back in after two more rehab starts in AAA. And fans weren't fans of that let's see if chad dotson was chad dotson redlegnation.com i caught up with him earlier today on espn 1530 and i asked chad about his reaction to homer bailey potentially joining the reds and being in the rotation again this season can i say complete insanity i mean it really makes no sense whatsoever (laughs) if you like watching the reds lose 19 to 4 well, let's bring Homer Bailey and his 1-7 and seven record and 6.68 ERA back into the rotation. Um, all joking aside, I, I like Homer. I've been a fan of Homer for years. Uh, you know, at some point, the Reds have to, in order to prove that they're serious about moving forward in this process of getting better, they're just going to have to either put him in the bullpen or they're going to have to uh, doesn't end for assignment. I mean, this guy's not a major league starter anymore. And I, it hurts me to say that because he's been an important guy in uh, you know the last uh, decade of Reds uh, baseball and uh, part of some pretty good Reds teams, but it just it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And uh, I would really love to know what the that real story is here because from a baseball perspective, I just I can't see it. Yeah, it seemed like to me, Chad, and I talked about this today on Cincy Three Sixty. It just seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that he would go to the bullpen. And when they did trade, and it seems like it's almost inevitable now that Matt Harvey will be somewhere else by the deadline, when that happened, Robert Stevenson, who was a former number one pick, was a former top pitching prospect in this organization, would get his shot to show what he could do. It just seemed like the natural segue, the natural progression, and now it doesn't seem like that's the case. Well, it still may be the case, and it should be. Robert Stevenson is uh, pitching very well. His last two starts in AAA have been magnificent. He's, it's time to give him another shot. He's absolutely earned a shot. And that's what we should be doing this year uh, is, is testing out these young pitchers, giving them their shot. Uh, my, my thoughts are I wonder if Homer Bailey may still be injured. I don't know. And if they, you know, they say that and then they're going to end up putting him uh, uh, back on the disabled list, ending his, because he has to come off the, uh, the, the rehab assignment. You only got 30 days on rehab. So 
you know, I, I don't know that we'll ever see Homer actually starting a game. I, I, maybe I'm giving the Reds management too much credit here <laughs> because, you know, it, just, it doesn't make any real sense uh, to, to actually bring him back when you have a guy like Robert Stevenson or even Cody Reed, who's had some success in AAA this year and still a young guy. It doesn't make sense to let, not let them get their chance at proving they belong in the, in the rotation. Instead, giving that to a guy just because you owe him a lot of money, I guess, I, I, I don't get it. Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com, is our guest. James Erpine in for Mo today here on ESPN 1530. Chad, a lot has been uh, made about the Reds, obviously, their, their hot streak over the past month and in, in change. What are your thoughts on the rebuild, and, and how close do you think they are from getting out of the rebuild and, and ultimately being legitimate playoff contenders? Well, James, you'll remember this because we talked about it a good bit before the season started and just after the season began. Yeah, I thought this team could be a 500 team with a chance to even be a little better before the season started. I thought the pieces were there. And my reasoning was the offense should be good, and uh, you know the young starters are going to progress, and they'll be better than the, the, the direct the Reds ran out to the mound last year. And that's largely turned out to be true. The offense is very good. The young starters have had ups and downs, but it's much more of a stable rotation than we've had in years past. And so, and the Reds consequently are playing pretty well lately. So maybe I was right about the Reds being really close to being a competitive team. The flip side is Reds management completely punted on the first month of the season by refusing to call up Nixon Zell and by having guys like Phil Goslin and uh, Giovanni Gallardo and Cliff Pennington on the roster. Uh, it's like they had no interest in competing that month. And it's such a shame because look how good they're doing now. This is a team that could have been competitive this year if we hadn't just completely given up on that uh, first, you know, 21 games or so when the, when the Reds had really, they showed they had no interest in putting their best 25 guys on the uh, active roster at that time. So I do think they're close to getting past this rebuild, but I'm a little bit wary of, uh, of management's willingness to take the steps necessary to get us over the hump. Yeah, and that's, that's a good point because I started out the show last hour discussing where they're at in the rebuild and, and the idea that they're they see the light at the end of the tunnel I get that because I see it too and I see the scenario where they can make the playoffs next year that being said I think it's going to take critical moves crucial tough decisions whether you're talking about a Scooter Jeanette or Russell Iglesias maybe a Nick Senzel they're gonna have to make moves and get said moves right and if all that stuff goes well or relatively well I could see it but this is the almost the most critical part of the rebuild in my mind because you got to get return on some of these guys, whether it's prospects or whether it's veterans or guys you just don't want to resign like a, a Scooter Jeanette. Oh, you're absolutely right, James. They they really have to be uh, make some drastic moves starting really now at the, at the trade deadline. And you mentioned some guys that could possibly be traded. I would also add that it's time to start trading uh, some of the some of the prospects. You did say Nick Senzel, but even some guys like Taylor Trammell and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of these younger guys in the organization, Shed Long, they've got uh, a backlog of prospects down there, and it's time to start using those assets to get other assets that will help the Major League team. So that's one thing they have to do. The flip side is in the offseason, they absolutely, combined with making good trades, they have to open the checkbook. They have to go out and acquire some pitching, either by trade or signing uh, some free agent uh, to a contract. And they've got to be smart about that. But when I say smart, I mean by, uh, by who they select in terms of somebody that will be with them for a while. But I think they're going to have to really open the wallet. And, and Bob Castellini, the Reds' ownership, really are going to have to 
to say, okay, it's time to make this push. And they're making some sounds like they're willing to do that. But I think they need to be bold. And if they are bold, I think this team is a, can be a playoff team next year. I really believe that 100%. Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com is with us. I agree with you. And I think that the tough decisions could be painful for fans as well. Let's say they sure. trade Scooter Jeanette one day, and the next day Billy Hamilton's gone. That that's something that might and probably should be more likely than not if they can get a good haul in return for either and or both. Uh, I just I think that this will be a painful process, uh, but if they get it right, we could see the fruits of the the labor or the reason why it's worth it next season. Yeah, and if they get it right, you sort of supercharge this rebuilding process. And I'm not talking about trading those guys for you know players in single A or double A. I'm talking about guys that can really help now. And yes. It, you and I may look at these trades and say, wow, they got good value in return. It really helps the, this rebuilding process and good trade. But you can also understand uh, Joe Fan heading out to Great American Ballpark and, and Scooter's gone and Billy's gone. And those are two of my favorite players. So I know that uh, that's shared by a lot of Reds fans. And there will be some, some upset fans. Reds management can't worry about that right now because having Scooter Jeanette and Billy Hamilton in the lineup uh, has not kept the fans from, uh, in, the, in the park attendance is way down, winning will get fans back to the park. So, again, that's why I say management has to be really bold right now. Make some moves that may be unpopular on the short term, but on the long term, when the Reds start winning again, uh, everyone will be back in the fold. I remember when we talked, we talked, uh, it was before the season, I know, it was before Christian Yelich got moved. And, and you, oh. you said that the, the Reds <laughs> should be in on it. And I, I know, I think you took some heat from that, especially because You'd have to trade probably a Senzel, or they would have had to trade maybe a Hunter Green or someone like that to get him. That being said, what do you think about the idea of having a guy like Yelich right now? Because I look at the outfield, and I like Winker a lot. Uh, I like Shebler a lot, but but I think Hamilton and Duvall, I don't think either of those guys are a part of this team when they do eventually get to the playoffs, whether that's next season or the year after or even later than that. So I think outfield is a need, especially the center field spot, and Yelich would have been the guy. Oh, yeah, whereas Yelich would be here for several years, mm-hmm. uh, cost-controlled, fairly good contract that the Brewers, a division rival, get the benefit of. Yeah, <laughs> That's the t- type of move I thought needed to be made in the offseason this past year, where I thought if they were bold, they could really uh, be a competitive team this year. They were not bold this year. Matter of fact, until uh, you know uh, later in the year, they, they showed little interest in having a, a really good roster on the field at all times. Uh, but, yeah, Christian Yelich, a guy like that that's young, that's getting ready to hit his prime, that it has, is signed to a, a deal that keeps him in town for a while. Those are exactly the guys that the Reds needed to be in on. And, and, it, and maybe they were in on Yelich. I really wish they would have landed him. It would have been worth just about whatever they would have had to give up for him. Yeah, and, and I think it's going to be interesting because I do think, and Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, Sal Romano, I, I love for the most part this season, and I know yesterday Malley struggled, but he had been great recently up until yesterday. Uh, I, I like what I've seen from them. I like what I've seen so far from Di Scalfani since he's gotten off the disabled list. I still think they're going to try to go after you know, a 23, 24, 25-year-old guy who's under control for multiple years, kind of like Yelich, but the starting pitcher version this offseason, and that is going to cost a lot. Don't you think? It, it'll cost a lot to get, but I think it might be worth it going into 2019. Well, it'll cost a lot, but it will be absolutely critical. I think about this rotation. If you get a guy like that, that can anchor the rotation. Whoever it is, I'm not sure who we're talking about. I've got some names that I've thought of, but... I don't know who it might be, but then Di Sclafani, if he remains healthy, solid number two starter. And then you only have to have uh, three guys out of 
Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, Sal Romano, Robert Stevenson, Cody Reed. Only three of those have to work out for the last three spots in the rotation. Or you make a trade for somebody. Mm-hmm. Or you sign another guy that can be a 3-4 starter. And so all of a sudden you've got a lot of good pitchers for too few spots, and uh, you're covered in case of injury a little better than they, than they have been recently. And, and when the pitching staff, if, if it becomes an average to above-average pitching staff, this team is immediately a contender, period. Yeah, I completely agree. Would you uh, consider trading Russell Iglesias before the deadline? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's any, there's no one on the team I wouldn't consider trading. To mm. be honest, okay. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not Eugenio Suarez because they've got him signed to a good deal for for a while. But everybody else should be available. Iglesias, I love the guy. He's under team control for a while. He'd be a great looking closer for some playoff teams as the Reds can start competing. But the flip side of that, of course, is that he's a reliever, and relievers right now are as overvalued as they've ever been. I wouldn't trade him for just anything. But if someone wants to really offer me a big-time haul for Roselli Glaciers, I think you have to take it because, again, that's, again, what I said earlier, supercharge the rebuild. You get some guys that can help this team now in exchange for one guy who's a reliever. I just think it makes too much sense not to at least be shopping and listening to what's out there. Last question for Chad Dotson of RedBagNation.com. As far as uh, Jim Riggleman, it seems like he comes up each and every uh, day or every week uh, in his future. How would you gauge it right now? Uh, if I gave you the field or I gave you Jim Riggleman on who the manager was next season, what would you go with for the Reds? Oh, I, I would take the field, and I think it's a, a 90, 95% chance it'll be someone else. And, and that's not wow. a criticism of Jim Riggleman. It's just that the Reds, uh, Dick Williams has been insistent. The Reds are going to do a full search. They've not done a full search in a year since before uh, Dusty Baker. I think Bob Boone was the last manager they did an actual search where they interviewed, interviewed more than one candidate. If they do a full search and Jim Riggleman turns out to be the best manager available on earth, well, sure, hire Jim Riggleman. I just, even though he's done a, a decent job here with the Reds right now, I don't have any complaints necessarily. You can't tell me he's the best available manager on earth. And, and you know, if the Reds hire him when he's not the best guy, then, again, that goes into questioning what the, the front office is doing. So I, I think it's going to be someone else, uh, regardless of how Riggleman does the rest of the year, because I think he'll tell in comparison to some young Hot shot that's open-minded about all the new analytics, and uh, I just I don't see Riggleman, who has a, a terrible record as a manager in the major leagues the last you know six weeks notwithstanding. I just don't see him being the guy. He's Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com, Cincinnati Magazine, also author of The Big 50. What do you got right now uh, on all your, your sites between Red Leg Nation and Cincinnati Magazine? Got a piece that just uh, went up uh, at CincinnatiMagazine.com about uh, Eugenio Suarez, in which I make the, the case that he's already one of the best third basemen in the history of the Cincinnati Reds, and by the end of next season, he's going to be in the conversation uh, for best ever, certainly top three ever in the history of the franchise. That, that people don't realize how good Eugenio Suarez is, I don't think, and so I, uh, people might want to go check that out. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out as well. Chad, I appreciate the time as always, man. We'll talk soon. I love talking to you, James, anytime. That's Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com. Good stuff from Chad and a good way to get your weekend started. It's Matt Harvey night for the Reds. Every single start he makes is critical. Every single one now. Because if he bombs, if he flops, if he has a bad start, I think that that hurts his value. I don't think they're going to get a lot in return for him anyway. But I want to maximize that value, Matt deal tonight please (laughs) 
It's going to do it for me. I'm James Rapine on Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked on Red. Subscribe, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Leave us a five-star review like you already have on iTunes. We got five stars right now on iTunes. Help us out and make that even more five stars. Until Monday, when hopefully we're talking about a winning road trip for the Reds heading into the All-Star break and a successful Friday start for Matt Harvey. I'm James Erpine. Have a great weekend. This has been the Locked On Reds Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.